welcome back to Talk Female Friday with your host, Lucy Grimwade. Today I have a guest. I'm welcoming a guest back, Charlotte. Charlotte was on the podcast um, last year when it was called Speak Female, link in the show notes around why we've had to rebrand, a story for another time. Um, but today, Charlotte and I are going to be talking about a subject that you probably have seen a lot recently in the news, all over LinkedIn, and that's about redundancy. Charlotte and I are very good friends. We were having a conversation um, about this over the weekend. And because Charlotte has recently gone through redundancy, she asked me whether it would be something that we could talk about on the podcast, just to share some knowledge, to talk about our experiences, and to hopefully give you something to kind of take away and feel a bit better about it. Either you've been made redundant yourself to kind of feel a bit better, know your rights, and or maybe in the future you might go through it, it might be something you come back to, or your current company's going through a restructure redundancy. Hopefully what we talk about today will give you some empowerment back and just fill your brain full of knowledge. Charlotte, before we dive in to the episode, please introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me again, Lucy. Um, I'm Charlotte. My background is really in operations, product, program, project change. Some might call me a generalist. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, so how do you where do you want to start? How can we start about talking about redundancy? Where I'll take your steer, where should we start? Okay. So I think it's really important to say um, a lot of what we'll talk about today will, um, with specific things that relate to law, is going to be all around the UK. So for anybody that's listening that's outside of the UK, some of this won't be as relevant. However, I'm going to share a bit about my stories around my experiences of redundancy as a whole, um, whether I've been the person making somebody redundant or whether I've been made redundant or whether I've been impact, uh, sorry, where I, whether I've been in a, a consultation and actually I was not impacted um, because I think there are different experiences out there. I thought what I would do is start with some stats. Brilliant. Um, so if we start with, um, so I'm going to get this wrong, so sorry, Statista. Uh, they have done a really great study around the number of redundancies in the UK between 1995 to 2022. So this was published in October of this year. And they talked about that in the first, uh, sorry, in the three months to August 2022, there were 68,000 redundancies made in the UK. Now, that sounds enormous, right? Uh, however, during 1995 to 2022, the month that had the highest number of redundancies was actually November 2020. Now, the first time I was ever made redundant uh, was March 2020. Remember that time? Sorry, uh, remember the time where there was sort of the pandemic at right at the beginning. Unfortunately, um, I just started in a new job. I'd been there for three weeks. The pandemic hit. As with many people, I was then um, made redundant. So just to give you an idea, in March 2020, 105,000 people in that month were impacted. So Lucy, question for you. Okay. If that was the number in March 2020, what do you think it was in November 2020 when it's been the highest number? Gosh, so that was March 2020, the highest number. Double? 
the number in fact was 402,000. Wow. So the reason I wanted to share this piece of research is yes, we're seeing a lot of redundancies and largely it's affecting a lot of big tech. So we've all seen uh, what's been out there, particularly in the social media space. Uh, I won't name names. Um, and it's been, you know, it, it comes across on LinkedIn and what you read in the news, it's very, for want of a better word, savage. Um, however, when you look at the stats, actually where we're at right now is nowhere near as bad as it was in November of 2020 with 402,000 people in the UK being made redundant. Can, can I ask you a question? It's probably probably something more for us to go away and ponder on than really to answer but that's really curious isn't it March 2020 you said it was like 108,000 105,000 and then November it was over 400,000 yeah according to the research that's I wonder why that that's because of company restructures changes got used to a new way of working I would assume it was a lot to do with being still in the throes of the pandemic at that point of time. Remember, March was the beginning. It was just the lockdown. It was, you know, this isn't going to last forever. And we would have gone into our second lockdown in the UK around that time. Yeah. Um, and so I would imagine that that would have had a lot to do with it. Yeah, quite right. Sorry, threw, threw us no, off on the tangent there. Um, I guess the other thing to point out as well is that the... Office of National Statistics, so the ONS, as many people will know them as, have also just published their findings for November and uh, around employment. So one of the high level um, pieces of data here is that the UK employment rate for July to September, because obviously they look at it historically because uh, it's a lagging indicator, not a leading one. Uh, was 75.5%. So 75.5% of the population in the UK were employed which is very high. Mm -hmm. um, and that's remained largely unchanged from the previous quarter. Um, and then I guess the other point that they've also raised is that over the last three month period, whilst the number of employees has actually decreased, not significantly, I think they've quoted 1.1 percentage point, um, the number of self-employed workers has increased. Um, so there's a positive there to also consider and then also linked to that same piece of research, they talked about the most timely estimate of payroll employees for October of 2022 shows another monthly increase up 74,000 on the revised September 2022 figures to a record 29.8 million people on payroll. That's incredible because we don't hear these stories. We, we see a lot of more the fact that people are losing their roles which obviously is the, the purpose of this podcast today but also we also don't hear these good news stories I didn't know that I didn't know that there I knew there was more people in roles and I know there's also it was on the news um recently around there's more job roles vacancies available to people to apply for so I knew that but it's not yeah interesting making my brain tick Yes, I can, I, can, I can imagine it is. And I think so you've got to be in context, right? And don't get me wrong, it is incredibly tough being made redundant. And as you mentioned, I was made redundant from my role only a week, week ago. Um, and your listeners might be wondering why I'm sort of fairly chipper, I guess. It might be a very British way of saying it. 
But if I uh, can share some of my story with you, then um, perhaps that might give some context to your listeners, Lucy. I think the thing I'd like to sort of open with is that lots of people have said this to me, by the way, and I've read it multiple times. So it's widely documented that throughout your career, you will be made redundant at least three times. I've now been made redundant twice, so only once more to go. Um, and I think redundancy largely is partly is what you make it. And so I've had lots of people asking me if I'm okay. And, you know, and I'm hugely grateful for people checking in on me, but actually I feel pretty okay. I feel pretty good. Now, if you'd have asked me after the first time I was made redundant, I didn't feel the same. And I definitely think a first time redundancy feels different to a second time redundancy. But if I can start kind of sort of when I began my career and when I was in my early 20s, what I knew of redundancy, I'll never forget this this chap telling me this. And I couldn't tell you how we got onto the subject, but I vividly remember him telling me the story. But he was saying that the organisation he worked he worked in, or that we were both working in at the time, some years prior, had done something that they called Black Friday. This is nothing to do with shopping or Thanksgiving, to be clear, but they called it Black Friday. And essentially what he said is that people were taken into a room and then whilst they were taken into the room, their desk was cleared and a box was given to them and they were marched out of the door. And that, that sort of like... 2021 was my understanding of what redundancy is now that's very far away from from the truth of where we are today it may have happened in the past but certainly when you look at what in the UK and I stress in the UK because there are different laws in different countries that that type of uh, approach is sort of more frowned upon and is less likely to happen so when I actually ex experienced in the world of work redundancy, I was probably in my mid-20s. And fortunately, I wasn't impacted. But I stand and didn't really know or appreciate the gravitas behind it, other than that one story that somebody had told me, like when I was 20, 21, thinking, oh, God, and the shame associated to it. Because these people just disappeared into the night. Um, so when I experienced it the first time, uh, and I wasn't impacted. I didn't know I wasn't impacted until much later in the day. So you can imagine what your anxiety is like. Also, I'd only been in that uh, organization for a few weeks. In fact, I started the same day as the CEO, who was the person that announced that, uh, obviously, that these redundancies are taking place. Now, part of the reason I wanted to share this story is my experience of that redundancy and two others subsequent are to, to that where I wasn't impacted were largely the same it was more than 20 people now 20 is a really important number when it comes to redundancy in the UK the reason I raise this and you'll find this information on gov.uk but so everybody is aware in the UK you must follow collective consultation rules if you're making 20 or more employees redundant within any 90 day period, at a single establishment. So there are very specific rules around that. And so what you'll typically experience, and certainly the couple of times I've experienced it where there's been more than 20 or more people being made redundant, is usually an all hounds or a town hall or, you know, everybody's pulled together for a meeting in the office. 
and that will be the collective consultation and then there'll be various pieces that happen straight after that and typically in any UK redundancy situation the impacted people will be discussed they will have their meeting first however that doesn't take away from the anxiety of the people who don't know whether they're impacted or not fortunately on the first three times I experienced the redundancy word I was I wasn't impacted I um, was only actually impacted the first time in March 2020 which I mentioned as a result of the pandemic but what I'd like to say before I move on to that is I've talked about 20 or more for everybody's information and again this is on uh, uk.gov uh, this is not an ad or a sponsorship for the government. I realise I should say that because I've mentioned them several times. Um, there are actually no sets of rules to follow if there are fewer than 20 redundancies planned. But what it does say, it is good practice to fully consult uh, employees and their representatives. So think about like union reps, for example. Um, because by doing that, and I'm thinking about this more maybe from a business perspective, but that then reduces the risk of any unfair dismissal tribunals. So it's really important to know that you could work in two different businesses and experience two different experiences around redundancy. And one might be more formalized and feel more like, oh, they're doing this properly. But that's likely because more than 20 plus people are being made redundant if less than 20 people are being made redundant, they don't have to do any of the collective consultations. So that's really important to bear in mind and to reiterate, this is just for the UK. Um, so I have if I to think say, about... yeah, oh, sorry, Shah, I'm interrupting you, but I have to say that you're, the, the examples that you're giving, which is factual because obviously you're reading it from, from uh, you've got the notes from the website, which I'll add to the show notes as well. But it's interesting to know that the process over 20 and under 20, that's something that I don't think many people would know about. Probably not if you don't go through that, that um, go through that experience. But that's really interesting to kind of. Part of it is that I wouldn't have necessarily known that if I hadn't had to make somebody else redundant in my career so as well as my experience of being made redundant and being at risk but then not impacted I've also had to make people in my team redundant before and it is personally that is horrible it is I really it was it's one of the worst things you ever have to do as a manager as a leader in a business it's you know it's obviously it's awful for the person but equally it's 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 horrible for that individual as well um I guess if I talk a little bit about um when I was made redundant for the first time so I I always think about redundancy as situational because no two situations are the same and so the situation for me in the context was the pandemic so if you remember sort of March cast your mind back to March 2020 jobs were going on as fast as they were coming off. And so uh, bear in mind, I'd only worked there for three weeks. I wasn't entitled to furlough, uh, which is really important to stress. I'd have had to have gone back to my previous employer to ask them for furlough, which, you know, not many people would want to do. I was very fortunate that, that whilst they made me redundant, they did continue to pay me 
of a furlough amount, um, which was were not anywhere near my salary, but it allowed me to pay my bills. You know, I have to take my hat off to that CFO, like for him to make that exception for me. I um, am still always will be incredibly grateful because he didn't have to do that. Um, what I will say is positive story. I managed to secure a role within eight weeks of being made redundant right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was really hard because at that point, I wasn't looking for a career job. I was looking to be able to pay my bills. Um, and for anybody that knows me, like they'll know how important my career is um, to me and how passionate I am about it. And actually, when I think about how I felt the first time I got made redundant, that made me realise how important and how much part of my identity, my job and my career was. And I definitely would say that I went through and lots of people talk about it and you know people in my network recently I've seen talk about like kind of the seven stages of grief and it's so true you feel sad you feel angry you know you feel all the emotion because you don't understand why this has happened to you and it was out of your control and and so that I absolutely felt all of that the first time I was made redundant I as I said I don't feel that so much the second time I've been made redundant but I'll kind of come on to that um, but I just wanted to share with you my uh, eight weeks that I was desperately trying to find a job after being made redundant. So I applied for 132 different jobs, most of which I would never have applied for if I'd have wanted them, if that made sense. Out of that 132, I entered 12 processes. And then in, uh, in the end, I was very fortunate in getting two offers in the same week and at that point I was also still in some final stages of two other opportunities so there is hope there is that light at the end of the tunnel when you look at that 132 number you're like oh my god and it was a horrible time and it was full of uncertainty but I kept going and I turned uh, sort of job hunting into my job to keep me in a routine to keep me going to keep my mental health strong and I got there and so it may feel like the end of the world and as I said I felt angry I felt sad I felt lost I felt you know all of these emotions I, there was still something good that came out of it and yes it wasn't my career job and it was a fixed term contract role that I took, but it was in an industry I knew. They were great people. Uh, it allowed me to pay my bills and allowed me to ride out COVID. So that was my first experience. I think Do you it's have the initial. Oh, yeah, I did loads. Um, <laughs> I think it's the initial shock, though, isn't it, of the, the yeah. redundancy? And, and I just I haven't really thought about my first experience until you and I started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And mine was quite early on in my career where I was a young I was quite a young manager. And um, I wasn't a bit like what you were saying. I was going through the process, but I wasn't necessarily impacted. But I kind of was as well. So. I had to like read the script. I had to speak to HR. I also had to have a script read to me, which yeah. is incredibly uncomfortable. And being also young at the time as well, must have been about, gosh, 22, 23-ish. Oh, so having to like read the script, having the script read to me. I remember my line manager, who was the director, read it to me. And I burst out laughing because 
I was inexperienced, but I also just didn't really understand kind of what was happening. The process I had to go through was I basically had to reapply for my job, mm-hmm. um, which was fine. I did that. And that's great, she says. But the the initial shock, I just remember going, oh, my goodness me, I'm having to reapply for a job I already do. And I just laughed because I didn't know how to react. And because I work in tech, I went to our build room and I shut the door of the build room. I just burst into tears because I just didn't know. Like, I just didn't know. And I rang my partner and I was like, I'm being made redundant, but I'm kind of not. But I kind of don't know what to do. And it's just you suddenly like lose. It's the shock, isn't it? I think that's all the things that you said there. Angry, sad, angry, sad. But my question for you, Charlotte, is around you know you've you've been very like right this happened I did this 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 but emotionally like how were you oh the first time it took a huge toll I would have said up until the first time I was very mentally strong I never even questioned my mental health but the first time it happened it really shook me because I felt like I'd lost part of my identity and I'd never I just felt like I'd never been prepared for this Nobody ever talks about it like at the beginning of your career, really, apart from, you know, obviously those tales I I shared, but there's, I don't think anybody can prepare you for it. And years ago, it never used to be talked about and it had shame associated to it. Now, I don't believe it's the same at all. And I think people are owning their redundancy stories. And I love that. And I think it really shows, particularly with platforms like LinkedIn and, you know, Lucy, you'll know this because the day after I posted what I believe to be quite a positive um, post on LinkedIn to say I've been made redundant, hello network, you know, if you know of anything, please let me know. You know, the first time that happened, the green badge didn't, the, you know, open to work, that didn't exist until like sort of a bit later on. I was embarrassed. I didn't know where to go. Like I felt like I just didn't have my stuff together. I won't swear. Um, so, you know, I just felt unprepared and I felt vulnerable and I didn't like that. Whereas I think this time I don't feel those things, but also, you know, it's interesting listening to you talking about how you reacted. Everybody reacts to it differently. So this time, you know, I was like, totally understand. I get it. Um, you know, long enough in the tooth, it makes sense, you know, but equally, since that between then you know I have been on this journey before and know that there are better days to come and also having made people redundant myself I know how hard it would have been for you know my boss to have to read that script as you said and you know people react differently I've experienced people cry people say all right okay put the phone down um in this more virtual world, um, people storm out, people shout, like everybody reacts in a different way because you feel in some respects like the rug's taken from underneath you and you're probably a bit winded. But I think, you know, I read a lot, <laughs> you know, and look, the economy is not an, in a great place. There's been the invasion in the Ukraine that's had a big impact on supply chain, consumer-facing businesses. People have overhired based on, you know, lots of funding and then the economy shook. And, you know, I 
I wasn't surprised. And, but I felt better prepared for it this time because I had spent the time since being made redundant the first time building my network and, you know, educating myself and um, making sure that I was, um, you know, trying to almost having a bit more control in my own destiny. And I think I've reframed in my mind, yes, redundancy is rubbish. Again, try not to swear, mm-hmm. um, is rubbish and it makes you feel bad. But take a moment, take that, own that, but then let's reframe it. Okay, so now I've got an opportunity to do something else. And that that's kind of my headspace. And as I said, you know, I posted on LinkedIn and I am overwhelmed by the response I have had. You know, the, re- the reposts, the engagement with the posts, the comments, people have DM'd me that didn't want to, you know, necessarily publicly comment. I've had phone calls from people I haven't spoken to in years. I've had people contact me that, um, I t- frankly, I don't know that well. Um, and, you know, I've got thing, I've got things in the pipeline. I, you know, it's been a week. I haven't secured a new job yet, but I'm not concerned because I know I will. And, um, you know, you've got to take the, take the rough with the smooth. I think there's something there that you've just said there is around being prepared. And I'm not saying to everybody now that you must be in your role and you must be prepared for like, in case people make you redundant. But I think there is something around kind of almost quote you Charlotte to be more control more in control of your own destiny and I know your post and I'm actually going to click that to the show notes because actually it'd be a great template if anybody ever wants to kind of kind of copy and paste that if that's okay with you yeah of course Um, plagiarism um to, to to use because I know Charlotte really well I've seen her build her network up and it's just amazing because one person comments a bigger network and bigger and bigger and bigger and it's just the power of LinkedIn which I just think is incredible but before we kind of go into into more about kind of more recent experience something else that I was thinking about as well is that we have talked a lot about this is kind of UK kind Mm -hmm. of law and and now the UK kind of run but in another organization that I worked in there was a redundancy kind of process that we went through And there's also a moment where if you're in a global organization and it's happening globally, there's an area of sensitivity. And don't be as surprised if you go off into a big old meeting room to hear that a load of your team are being made redundant, but you're okay. When you get back to your desk in the US, I know this for a fact because of the teams I worked with, exactly the the kind of scary story um, Charlotte was told at the beginning of her career that happens. People will, you know, one minute they're there, the next minute they're not. And then you'll never hear from them again because that's how some of the the kind of laws and that work in the US in particular. So, and I also think that can give someone a shock because it's someone who you worked with day in, day out is suddenly who you rely on and, and have their knowledge to not be there anymore. I think sometimes that can give a person a shock as well and then you have this sense of guilt that you're like, well, I'm I'm still here doing the same role, and the chap that was doing my role in the US is now gone, and now like, what do I do? And and you can have those moments as well. So, I think what I'm getting at with this ramble is to just have moments as well to kind of reflect, and whether you're being made redundant or not, you're knowing people are being made redundant. Just have those moments to kind of 
also feel sad too because you're entitled to feel sad and you know have an area of kind of sensitivity as well around how you approach that I think what you've just described Lucy is survivor's guilt and I think it's very much how a lot of people feel um even though they're they haven't been impacted and they're like oh I'm so grateful I've still got my job they still feel guilty particularly when they've worked with people that they really like working with or they just don't understand but the reality is and this is this may sound harsh when I say this but it's the role that's being made redundant not whilst it impacts the person it's the role and it's no and this is the key thing that I think with this right is it's not a performance management tool it's got nothing to do with your performance it's got everything to do with usually with a company trying to do some cost saving or streamlining and arguably you know redundancy is usually a last resort and it's where a business will make these tough decisions where they decide okay if I need to make the organization leaner what role can I um can I can we can the company survive without and I think it's really important that people understand that redundancy has got nothing to do with performance I tell you what it's much it would be much easier to just do performance management if it was to do with performance although performance management different topic also equally not pleasant as a manager or a leader um but it's really key that people understand redundancy is not performance related at all no, I think that's a really lovely comment to make on my ramble there around it's not personal at the end of the day. Yeah. It, and don't get me wrong, it, whilst it's easy for us to sit here and say it's not personal, it will always feel personal because it's happening to you. But the thing that, you know, to emphasise is you should stand up with your head held high and going back to the power of network, you know, the compliments I have received I mean, I'm just, it's been an ego boost. I'll give you <laughs> give you that, you know, and it's been really nice. And, you know, people really supporting one another. It's just, I, I love that. And, you know, I'm all about women supporting women, but the allyship as well I've had from former male colleagues, people I, you know, have worked with, uh, vendors, customers, you know, I, I love that. And I think it's it's great to see some positive from a negative situation or what could be a negative situation. Charlotte, can I ask you a couple of questions around and just slightly moving us on, but because when I was speaking to you at the weekend, Mm -hmm. there was things that you said that I don't think lots of people would think about because you go through that initial shock, like, oh my goodness, sherbet lemons, again, trying to not swear, (laughs) I'm being made redundant, Uh, panic, panic, panic. But you were saying things to me and I, I won't say too much because I'm sure you'll break it down for us. But you were like, you know, my final pa- my final pension salary, salary pension. What am I trying to say? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Um, your shares, etc. Can you can you just talk a little bit about that? Sure. So you asking about like um, what you should expect and how your you finish yeah. up with? Okay. Thank so... you for turning my ramble into a question. <laughs> okay. it is, it's, it's, a com- it's a complex subject. So again, specifically in the UK, when you give staff notice of redundancy, you either get notice pay. Um, Now, important to note, to get statutory 
that's a hard word to say, statutory uh, redundancy, you have to have been in continuous employment for two years. So if you've worked somewhere less than that, you won't get statutory. And you'll find all of that on every uh, resource in the UK that's available. That's just never going to happen. However, uh, when if you do get notice pay, it's usually tied to the length of your service. Again, not an advert for the government, but on gov.uk, uh, there's a little table and it says length of service, one month to two years, notice you must give at least a week. So you should get at least a week's pay uh, if you've worked somewhere from one month to two years. Um, two years to 12 years is a week's notice for every year you've been employed. That's largely tied to statutory pay. Um, and then 12 or more years is 12 weeks. There's always a cap. Um, however, another way... Um, that people are paid as well is through what they call notice pay. So you're paid based on how many months notice are in your contract. So there, those are kind of one of the same thing. Or alternatively, there's something called pay in lieu of notice, which is what uh, my recent experience was, uh, where essentially you have your conversation and you finish there and then, and then you get your month, your however many months notice um paid in one go at the next payday that's essentially what this is i again i stress i'm not an expert um this information is all available on uh, gov.uk um but those are your two sort of two stroke three different things that you should know about in terms of pay um and then you know in these meetings, people give you a lot of information and they're reading a script. And again, as somebody who's been a manager or a leader that's made somebody redundant, you're, you are nervous yourself reading this script, especially if you don't want to actually make this person redundant on a personal level. Um, and so you will get a letter that will give you all that information. And of course, the number that they give you in, in terms of salary is tax deductible. Again, this is all relevant to the UK. And then don't forget to ask about things like, and you might not think about it straight away. And if you've got a really good chief people officer or head of people or line manager, you can go back to them and always say, I didn't quite understand this. Can you re-clarify? Um, or when you've got the letter, if there's something missing or that you don't know, go back. So you might have equity in the business. You might have share options. You might be in a, a pension scheme. Those are things you should go back and ask questions about. You might have questions about bonus, depending on time of year and how it associates your bonus. Um, and also, if you've accrued any holiday. So um, I had accrued some holiday. So that's also added to my um, uh, pay in lieu of notice. Does I that think answer that's your It does answer my question. And it's kind of what you told me at the weekend and it was something that I had never wrongly, I feel like wrongly, I should never have thought about, but this is really helpful. And I think what I'll do in the show notes as well, I'm going to just bullet point some of those bits because just for a quick reference back, because I, I now know if I'm ever in that situation, one, not to be scared to go back to HR or to line manager to go, don't understand this, that and the other, please explain. And also ask about holiday, ask about the bonus, ask about um, other bits that you have, because people have other benefits as well. Where does that yeah, fit absolutely. in? 
do, do you continue to have that benefit? Will they take that off? How, when would that stop, etc.? Because I have healthcare. So would my healthcare stop or will I have it for the, you know, things like that is. Yeah, I guess the other thing I forgot to mention as well is like lots of companies have now got EAP programs. Typically, um, they, sorry, employee assistance programs. I went to jargon then. Um, which usually, has that as well. <laughs> <laughs> which usually has things like counselling attached to it or, you know, somebody that you can talk to independently. Typically, those things will remain available to you for a given period of time. And if it's not mentioned, you should ask because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, I think that's really useful. Just really practical, useful, like just from you. From, from this episode and just from what I spoke to you as around that's the thing that stuck with me the most this whole episode's been so useful anyway but I'll add those bits to the show notes and also the government not sponsored by Charlotte Picker <laughs> absolutely not um there are some other sites though uh, in the UK that are also helpful for somebody that's going through redundancy uh, so you've got citizens advice They've got loads of useful information on their website. They still have bureaus, which I think you can make appointments to, or they do telephone consultations. They're a good free resource that you can use. And then there's also ACAS as well. They also have some really helpful uh, resources. Um, and then, of course, there's plenty on gov.uk. I love it. Thank you for, for sharing that. So now, now you're in this situation. Yeah. So you've shared so much with us I'm just one I'm just so grateful and I hope that the listeners as well are just so grateful for you sharing your experiences and just being so open with us as well you're now applying for roles when you're going for interviews are you telling people that you've been made redundant because I think sometimes people might feel uncomfortable saying that personally for me I am yes and to be fair to my boss, she said to me that, um, you know, when it comes to reference, let me know if you want to tell a different narrative, like, which is great because it gives you that option. Um, however, I, and maybe it's because of the stage of my career that I'm in or the, the senior level of career I'm in, that I feel more confident in being open and honest and transparent, which is the reason I'm applying for a role is I've been made, made redundant. And, you know that I just it, for me I'd rather be honest because I don't believe there's any shame in redundancy because of all the stuff I've just talked about the thing I learned, um because you just you know you move on to your next opportunity and it was out of pure control there was nothing I could have personally done differently there's it's your role has been made redundant so honest about it and I'm saying and I'm owning it but it's not for everybody and if you want to then I also believe that's okay yeah thank you thank you for sharing that what are your key messages then from this episode that we've recorded I know that you said you've gone through so much but if you were to summarize in a couple of key key bullet points what would they be um I guess I'd say power of your network. So, so don't be afraid to put that post out on LinkedIn, connect with people that you don't know or that you haven't spoken to 
for ages because you'll be surprised at how powerful a network is um because a lot of the leads that have come come through for me for my next potential roles have largely come from that post so power of network really important and regardless of redundancy i lucy you know this i think having a strong network is really important anyway because you can learn a lot from people so that for me is number one is that um yes redundancy is horrible and it makes you feel a bit kind of sort of like winded and your sail like wind's been taking the sails however it doesn't have to be a negative and you know you can be angry and you can be upset and that's okay but don't use all of your energy doing that because you've got an opportunity to reset maybe pivot and do something completely different um and then the third thing is for those in the uk there's all these resources that i've mentioned clue yourself up um you know there's plenty of information out there and information is key Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Before we before we leave, is there anything else you want to say or shall we leave it on your three points there? No, I don't think I've got anything else, but um, for anybody listening to this that wants to reach out, please feel free to uh, send me a DM. Uh, I'm always willing to have a chat. And I guess the last thing I would say is I am not a redundancy coach or expert. This is all just based on my experience. Thank you. And I think that's been the best part of it is that you're not coming from an SME subject matter expert point of view. You're coming from someone that's, I've been through this. This is what I've learned. I just want to share my knowledge, which we so appreciate. And Charlotte, thank you so much for your time and giving us all this information. Please check out the show notes for contact details for Charlotte as well, her post, all the um, kind of links, the articles and and statistics that she's talked about. I'll pop them all into the show notes as well. Also bullet point a few of those points that we talked about in regards to when you've been made redundant, asking those questions, uh, things that you want to kind of maybe check out on. And thank you so much. And I'll talk female with you next Friday. Take care. Bye.